Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 530. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. This is a rare, rare ish weekend recording for us. Mm -hmm. We're recording on Saturday morning. August 10th, my boyfriend reminded me it's my mom's birthday before I even remembered it's my mom's birthday, so I need to call her after we record today's episode. Actually, you know what, Jewel, just make this the social media clip, then I don't even have to do it. (laughs) Happy birthday, mom. (laughs) Love you. But we're recording on the weekend because I'm going to Orlando for Podcast Movement, a podcast conference. It's, It's not a conference where you go and watch podcasts live so to speak it's a business oriented conference i've actually never been to something like this before so it's going to be interesting i've been looking at who is attending and basically everybody we work with is going to be there (laughs) and i'm going to be meeting all these people except for patreon for the first time audio boom our podcast host they're going to be there headliner pro who we use to make the social media clips they're going to be there repurpose (laughs) io The service we use to upload our podcast to YouTube. thats They're going to be there. So it, it, in a way, it's almost like going to my first Harry Potter conference where I'm meeting <laughs> all these people who I only knew digitally for the first time. Except Patreon just being a bunch of divas. Oh, no, no, no. Patreon is going to be there. I just... Oh, I thought you said not. No, it, it's just that I've I've met them before. That's all oh, I meant. Oh, Andrew's like, I've been there, done that. <laughs> Me and Patreon, we're already best friends. <laughs> we go like so far back my god we kind of do in fact i'm wearing my patreon shirt right now i told myself i can't wear it to orlando because everybody's gonna think i work for patreon and then i'm gonna get hounded with questions so yeah yeah you will (laughs) or maybe like so tell me about your payment processor issues (laughs) yeah yeah, right right they're gonna come to me with their problems it's not me but you can pledge to my patreon anyway i'm going with mike and eric laura was invited but laura you can't make it why not um, because this weekend is a whole bachelorette party weekend for one of my friends who's getting married. And tonight in particular is a Harry Potter themed bachelorette party mm. event. So we are actually staying in a Harry Potter themed Airbnb. Wow. Which is going to be so much fun. But we've got so much stuff planned over the next few days that between that and not really having much vacation time to take off i was like eh, i think i'll sit this one out i'll uh, i'll trust andrew eric and mike at a handle shit <laughs> yeah well it's <laughs> gonna be great for networking and also i legitimately am looking forward to learning more about the industry and seeing what other people do to produce edit monetize their podcasts it's uh who knows by next episode, this could be a whole different show based on what I learned. <laughs> it seems like a pretty smart way to do it because I know that, you know, there are podcast conventions that have been cropping up, but while they have 
certain panels geared towards this. Like you said, it's mostly for listeners to come and hear their favorite shows live, which is cool, but I could see how you might get more out of something like this than just going to one of the generic ones that's open to the yeah. masses. I never, and Pam, you, you're probably in the same boat too. I never go to business-oriented conferences, but Laura, I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah, I usually go to one or two a year. They're fun because you get to travel, mm-hmm. be in a new city, learn some things, interact with people, with new people. Yeah, it's usually like a fairly relaxed, kind of like low lift environment in which you get a lot out of the people that you're networking with. So I think right. you'll have a good time. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be good. I'm I'm excited for that. Anyway, uh, Pam, what's a, is this note about that bullshit that the Starbucks employee did to you? Yes, a few days and ago? it happened to me again. <gasps> Same Starbucks? Wow. No, different one, but it was down the road. So now I'm starting to think that maybe it's because I do live by um, a, a university. Right. Well, well, tell the audience what happened. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Basically, <laughs> you know, if anybody listening is a part of the Starbucks Rewards program, you will know that one of the perks that you can take advantage of is free coffee and tea refills, which is great because normally I stick to just strip coffee or cold brews at Starbucks and both of those are uh, options for the refill. Mm-hmm. So usually I'll buy, you know, one of those and then just sit and do some work and then I'll get the refill while I'm there or I'll get the refill right before I leave because then, you know, you have coffee for the road. And it's never been a problem until I think it was last week was the first time this happened to me. I'd been sitting there for about an hour and I had ordered a large. And then I asked the barista for a refill and she said, just so you know, like you can only get the refill within a half hour of your original purchase, which is so ridiculous because who drinks any size beverage in a half hour? Right. That's one of my favorite features of the Starbucks rewards program that you get that free refill on the coffee and the iced coffee. So if they're getting rid of that, I'm going to be super annoyed. Right, because my whole thing was like, I went to Starbucks not because I'm a big, big fan of their drinks, but because I wanted the refill. Right. And if they weren't going to offer that or give me a lot of crap for trying to get it, then I would have just gone to Pete's or I would have gone to a local shop because at least when I walk into those places, I know that it's one and done unless I'm going to pay more. All last summer, I was going to Starbucks to edit this podcast and it takes a while. So I would get a refill like a good 90 minutes into my editing session. And I loved that (laughs) because I need coffee to power through in the morning. So I'm hoping that this is limited to your area. Maybe they just don't like you for some reason. Maybe do you smell when you're at Starbucks? Are you like playing loud music? (laughs) Maybe you're doing something else to bother them. Even then, it's like I was thinking about the logistics of this because it really bothered me. There aren't very many tables right in front of the cashier. And also, what if you come during a shift turnaround? Like, or a, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, then, then there's like no way for them to keep track of how many they people have, were actually there. They have notes on you at the register. Watch out for that woman sitting in the I corner. Guess so, anyway, this was like really weird. I'm hoping this was just uh, an occurrence that's only happening in this one little part of the neighborhood. <laughs> um, but if this has happened to you, please let me know because I need to feel better about. You know, Pam's feeling singled out. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Have you guys seen this number neighbor meme trend? I guess you could call it. Yes. Yes. 
Have you two done it yet? So I literally just texted my number neighbor like two seconds ago. Um, I've been scared to do this because I was like, I don't know. What if the person's like a murderer or something? (laughs) Um, And I just texted them and this person doesn't have an iPhone. So I'm already suspicious. Peasant. The message message went through green. So I was like, ugh. Yeah. Um, But I've seen some of these turn out like really good yeah but then some of them turn out really bad (laughs) so pam have you done it yet if not you should do it right now i know you said your your number neighbor is your mom but what about the other direction it's my brother i'm right in the middle and (laughs) i liked your idea about just going one up or one down from them but then it's i'm not really the number neighbor so it looks really weird right they're gonna text you back and be like hey you're you're not my number neighbor liar yeah what you should do is you should get your mom's phone or your brother's phone and text their That's number. That's a good neighbors. idea. But <laughs> I will tell you, like, let me just tell you a story about being number neighbors with my brother. Back in the day, his first year away from university, you know, he was a young guy and going to school in Santa Barbara, which is a party city. And every once in a while, I would get these text messages from strangers. Turns out when girls would ask for his number and he would say no, he would give them my number and then oh. I would spend five minutes arguing with strangers about how I wasn't the guy that they met at the bar the night before. Why would he do that to you? I don't know. Just he just joke? thought it was really funny. He was like, yeah. look, like she wouldn't get off my back. So I just told her that that was my number. Sorry. Thanks for taking one for the team. I would just give a completely random number, not even your. Yeah. Plus, every city has a rejection hotline Does that it? you can give out to you. I, you know, Do you I guys know wasn't that smart. Okay. Oh, I didn't know this such a thing existed. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure it's the same recording and that they just have different numbers set up for every city. But I used to give this number out when I was working as a cashier at Target and like creepy dudes uh-huh. would be like hitting on me at work. And it was basically like they would call the number and it was a pre-recorded thing that was like something, something like you've been rejected the reason for this is the person who gave you this number did not want to take your call. Like, and it would say things like, the idea of talking to you over the phone sounds less fun than playing leapfrog with unicorns <laughs> and shit like that. So I was planning on doing this number neighbor thing too with you all on the show. But then I got number neighbored yesterday morning. It's the person above me. I was like, oh, that's that's funny. Okay. And I re- Yeah, of course you did. I, re- I replied to them. I said, hello, nice to meet you. And then they replied, nice to meet you too. How was your day so far? But then I said to myself, I'm not going to carry a conversation with a freaking stranger. So I just didn't reply. 12 hours later, after I did not reply, (laughs) he or she just replies, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I bet that person has their own podcast and they're talking about it right now. Like, man, I fucking texted my number neighbor. Like, why would you even respond to me in the first place if you weren't going to carry on a conversation? I do. Yeah, I I wanted to say hello because it's a fun trend going on right now. But I'm not going to get to know this person who probably grew up in the same area I did. And I just have no interest in knowing who this is. So that is actually a good point. And I had not considered that what having to get to know it is like yeah because the area code is it only stretches so far you guys realize there's going to be some bullshit on buzzfeed in like six months from now 
number neighbors connected, fell in love, and got married. <laughs> oh, there was already that one viral tweet about the number neighbor who adopted their neighbor's dog. Do you see that one? Oh, God. Yeah, but didn't that turn out to be a hoax? Oh, man, you can't believe anything good you read online anymore. <laughs> yeah, so people called that it sucks. out because... They, I guess they went through that guy's feed and looked at all his old pictures and they were like, wow, this picture of your dog from five years ago looks a lot like the dog you just adopted. <laughs> and they're also like, huh, your number neighbor has the same floor treatment as you do. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn. Honestly, it was, like it was if, cute, though. Yeah. Like, if I ever go missing, just get Twitter on the case because <laughs> Twitter will find Seriously. They will find you. <laughs> Since this is a weekend recording, we're going to have more of a laid back episode. Came up with an idea for the main course, a recommendation palooza or a, or a recca palooza, recco palooza, recco palooza. We have a ton of categories we're going to go through today, like song you love to hate, a fast food you want to recommend. It's not necessarily your favorite, although naturally a lot of these will be. We just want to make recommendations across a wide variety of categories. And we also asked patrons to submit categories as well. We got so many categories from patrons that I think we're going to have to spread those out over the weeks ahead. But speaking of Patreon, we would love your support if you do not currently pledge. We have a lot of benefits there right now, including... After Dark, which is a part of Mega Millennial, that is ad-free Millennial, plus After Dark. In one audio file, you can pop a custom RSS feed into your favorite podcasting app, so you can listen to all the bonus audio content that includes Landy right through your favorite podcasting app. And ladies, what are we talking about on After Dark today? We're going to be talking about love languages. This is inspired by Pam mentioning this either last week or the week before, we're going to be talking about what love languages are, how they're not necessarily just romantic, why they're important, and how if you understand them, you can bridge a number of communication gaps. But if you don't understand them, it can explain why some friction comes up in your relationships. Awesome. If you have a little more money to pledge each month, you will have the opportunity to co-host Millennial. You will get a new physical gift every year. You will get our breaking news benefit where we record right after a major event happens once a month. And also face-to-face, that is our hangout that we do once a month. We had a great one a couple weeks ago. And we're going to have to make them longer now because we're having a really good time, but we didn't allot enough time. So those will probably be closer to an hour going forward. And speaking of our physical gift, we are about to get started on writing these letters. You two should receive your letterhead today. So please keep an oh, eye out. lovely. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I don't think I was thinking we should like share a picture of the letterhead for with everybody, but I also kind of want to make it a surprise for the patrons. Yeah, okay. I agree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not that it's like And like I said, I'll I'll uh, I'll be doing mine with like stoner thoughts. <laughs> so oh. get get ready. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't even thought that far ahead, honestly, but maybe I should think of <laughs> what I'm actually gonna write. Well, so some patrons Ooh. gave us a question they want us to answer, but then you can also look at these people's names and where they live and maybe comment on where they live. I'm gonna be writing my letters like we're in the nineteen twenties. I'm gonna be like Dearest Beatrice. <laughs> I hope this letter finds you well. Please know I'm thinking year. of you as I watch the candle flicker burn. 
in the year of our Lord, 2019. I write this by candlelight as the sun sets <laughs> on this beautiful day in the year of our Lord. The war was long today. <laughs> I was called to war. I'll be leaving soon. Just remember, I love you always. I'm going to find like some great love letters and just <laughs> plagiarize those. <laughs> No, so uh, that, those are going to be fun to do, and we're going to get started uh, in the in the days ahead. I might bring some to Orlando with me, pen them on the plane and stuff. That's actually a good idea. It's too late to get the handwritten letter, but you will get a new physical gift next year and lots of other benefits at patreon.com slash millennial, and we really appreciate your support. Time now for a word from this week's sponsor. They are a new sponsor, and I'm just going to say right up front. If you don't visit this company after I finish talking about them, you're crazy. And I say that because these people don't cost you a dime and they will actually keep money in your pocket. They are Honey. Have you two heard of Honey before? I have used Honey. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Laura, have you? No, uh, but I've heard about it here on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's uh, this ad is for you then. (laughs) You know about online coupon codes. And I don't know about y'all, but whenever I'm at checkout, let's say for Brooklyn and Sheets, and I don't have a coupon code, I go on Google and I type in product name, coupon code, right? We all do that. And then I steal a coupon code someone else uploaded. But that's a lot of work. And you may not remember to do that every time. And even if you do, the codes might not work because these codes expire. What if you received coupon codes every time you were on a checkout page with every retailer? This is what Honey does. This is amazing. Honey is a free browser add-on that finds me the best deals online. The app magically auto-applies the best deal to my cart at checkout. Honey finds discounts and coupons across 37,000 sites like Amazon, Sephora, Best Buy, Nordstrom, and more. Any online retailer is going to work with Honey. I'll give you a recent example. My oven broke recently. (sighs) So I needed to order a new one. (laughs) I went to Best Buy's website and I started shopping. And I picked one out, went to checkout. And automatically, Honey tries a couple of coupon codes that it's aware of to see if they'll work for my order. And lo and behold, I saved 50 bucks. I didn't have to do anything. It was the easiest way to save $50. Honey has saved its 10 million members an average of $28.61. Honey members have already saved more than $800 million dollars. That's not bad at all for something that's completely free and just takes two clicks to install and then you forget about it. It's one of those set it and forget it type of things. It supports virtually every online store you visit. And another nice feature is it'll tell you if it's the best time to buy a product. It tracks the prices of hundreds of thousands of items and watches as they fluctuate. So if it hasn't seen a price movement, it'll probably say, yeah, okay, now's the time to buy. But if it sees the price change often, it might say, well, hold off a little bit. Prime Day's coming. (laughs) You might want to wait. Honey is all about saving you money. That's why I think you're crazy if you don't download this. There's really no reason not to use Honey. It's going to save you some money and you don't even have to think about it. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. Again, joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. Laura, do it right now. I'm going right now. Good. Right now. So like I said, we have a variety of recommendation categories and we're just going to kick back and shoot the shit across all of these for the remainder of the episode, really. 
we came up with categories, some serious, some goofy, some helpful. And our first categories are about music. What Spotify slash Apple music playlist would you recommend right now? Pam, let's start with you, the music genius. Yeah. So here's the thing. I don't really listen to current music playlists that are specifically curated by Spotify because it they they often fall short for me. Wow. Um, so the ones that I tend to go for, I'd rather just make my own mixtape, honestly. Um, so uh, the ones I tend to go for are a little bit older. I really like the Happy Days playlist. It's all oldies, 50s, 60s, 70s. And yes, I, I'm a really big fan of like Motown doo-wop and stuff like that. So I really gravitate towards this, especially if I just need something to put on in the background while I'm doing housework or, you know, researching for articles. And it's also parent friendly. So if you ever have your parents in town and you need to drive them places and you're worried about swear words and music because your parents aren't cool, (laughs) the Happy Days playlist is the way to go. I feel like you should make some playlists that you can share with millennial listeners. Yeah, maybe I, um, I used to do this with Hype Podcast, actually, when I recommended more music on there. But um, for those of you that don't know, I also write the weekly music recommendation for Hypeable's Fangasm. So I've been thinking about putting all of those recommendations together on a playlist so that they're easily accessible. Because I believe after the week is through, they're just like gone forever. They are. It's it's like Snapchat. That's that's the point of it. Mm -hmm. See it once. But that's usually like a good barometer for what I'm listening to and... Um, we're going to talk about like lesser known artists in a minute, but I I try to kind of give a wide variety of genres and also levels of popularity on there as best I can. So Laura, what's yours? It looks like you're a Spotify user as well. Yeah. So I've recently been uh, using my summer rewind playlist quite a bit. Everybody should be seeing this now, but what I thought what was fun about this is that it not only pulls stuff from this summer but it has definitely pulled music that i was listening to a lot last summer so there there have been a number of songs that have like come up and i just sort of randomly put it on and i'm pleasantly surprised and it's also interesting to see uh like the commonalities of the kind of music i tend to listen to in the summer Mm. I, i never thought about this before but like I, I tend to listen to a lot more Spanish language music in the summer for whatever reason. Maybe because I'm in my happy place. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I actually get kind of excited when a song that I haven't heard in a while comes on. So yeah. I feel like Spotify does a good job on this kind of thing of like really referencing your music history. Um, I do agree with Pam. Sometimes if you're trying like the curated playlist where they're like, you might like this based on what you listen to, I tend to be like, eh. like it had a daily mix for me that it recommended based off of my uh, fondness for like some high school emo music, particularly in my chemical romance. <laughs> and I'm like going through this playlist and it was all like a tray you and AFI and I was like never into them and then it also had like Panic at the Disco and Fallout Boy which full disclosure I told Mark this yesterday and he was um, disappointed those bands I don't think they're bad they sound exactly the same to me <laughs> like yeah I, Ooh, those are I, 
dangerous I, words. I cannot. <laughs> I can't differentiate between their music. They sound the same. So like, I'll hear a song and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was catchy. Like, and then I have to actually look at which band it was because mm. I have mm-hmm. no idea. So I agree. The Summer Rewind playlist on Spotify is great. And in fact, they are really good at, at coming up with these personalized playlists like the Daily Mixes, in my opinion. I really think that makes Spotify shine. I'm going to go with a playlist that I discovered recently. And by the way, I don't know if I documented this on Millennial, but I tried to switch to Apple Music because I got HomePods. I hate Apple Music. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It is confusing. It, it's so bad. Thank you. Pat is trying to get me to like it, but I just can't. I, I can't. I, I search for summer. I can't find summer playlists. Meanwhile, Spotify has a whole section dedicated to summer playlists. Spotify has whole sections dedicated to moods, and that's why it's great. Yes. Moods and genres. And and they're doing a really good job with their podcast section, too, in my opinion. And, and I like the discover section. And then you go to the home tab. And it's customized to the time of freaking day. Right now mm-hmm. at the top. Soundtrack to your Saturday. If you look at it on the way home, it'll say Wednesday drive home playlists. Like what? Like it's so specific. But anyway, I come back to Spotify after a month or two away. I'm overjoyed. I love my summer rewind playlist. It's hitting me in all the right spots. But then I discover this playlist that Spotify made called Legacy of Laurel Canyon. And Pam, you know why this stuck out to me, right? One hundred percent. I used to live on Laurel Canyon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen used to live on Laurel Canyon. Is that why you moved there? No, no. <laughs> I moved there to that street because rent was cheap. Of course, I didn't Fair live enough. in the canyon. I just lived on the road that leads into the canyon. But anyway, this is a beautiful playlist that is a love letter to California. And I'll just read the description. Above the city of Los Angeles, here are a few of the influential songs that echoed from the hills of Laurel Canyon in the 60s and 70s. And you got Crosby, Stills, and Nash. You got Joni Mitchell, The Birds, Carol King, The Doors, Neil Young. It's a beautiful, relaxing summer playlist, in my opinion. <clears throat> I'm just on looking to at... lesser known artists. Who would you recommend, Laura? Ooh, I would recommend the Bastard Sons, and that's Sons spelled like S U N S. They are like a ska punk. Sometimes like going into like Southern rock, sometimes going into like reggae. Um, They just kind of run the gamut and they're really, really good. Mm. Um, I've seen them live a few times and they put on a really fun show. Their bassist in particular is like just ridiculous. I took Mark to see a show and Mark plays bass and Mark was just like transfixed with their bassist. He was like, holy shit, like this guy is just insane um but yeah their songs are super catchy they're really fun to sing along to and they're also really like um they're like energy boosters Hmm. you just you you feel like the whatever sentiment they're trying to convey you really feel it through um through everything through the production through the singing so it's good stuff how about you pam uh, my rec- recommendation is The Bird and the Bee. They are a band. It's a two-person group that's been around for a really long time. And I am a really big fan of dream pop. And they're just really good at that. They're really synth, indie poppy, jazzy. And they actually put out one of 
my favorite albums ever. And it's it's a cover album. It's called Interpreting the Masters Volume 1, a tribute to Daryl Hall and uh, John Oates. I'm a really big fan of Hall and Oates, too. See, this goes with my Happy Days <laughs> playlist recommendation. Uh, but yeah, it's just like so good. I love the production value of all of their music. And that makes a lot of sense because they don't put out albums very often. But Greg Kirsten, who is a member, is a huge big time producer. And he's worked with everybody from Kelly Clarkson to Kendrick Lamar. And he's Hmm. really active in probably creating a lot of great songs that you're already a fan of. So worth checking them out for sure. What did you call it? Dream pop? Dream pop. I haven't heard of that before. It's very like atmospheric synthy airy okay interesting mm-hmm. actually i think my recommendation is going to be dream pop ish have you heard of best coast i have and it's very yeah that would fall under that category and then a few others but yeah, yeah. so it's uh two women they've released a couple of albums right now judging by the name of their band you might realize they are a west coast based band uh their albums are very california focused and by the way <laughs> like uh three of the four first categories we're going through today are are me raving about california (laughs) but um or california themed i should say but yeah this is a these two i love these two um it's just happy light airy dream pop-esque music Mm -hmm. i've been listening to them for a few years which is really nice if you're a fan of like um uh she and him or yeah the beach boys it's like very inspired by that fitting for the name yeah definitely definitely continuing the music theme song you hate to love um so mine is despacito and it's like the song is so freaking catchy and so fun but at the same time i particularly hate the justin bieber remix it just like it makes me like I get viscerally angry. Um, but then the thing that also cracks me up about this song is it was really big a couple summers ago and like it was playing everywhere it felt like. And I remember like seeing little kids like jamming out to it. And I was like, I don't think you know what this is about. <laughs> this is like this is very, very sexual. And uh the only reason this gets played so much in public, I think, is because you don't understand what they're talking about. Yeah. That was the song of the summer last year, right? Yeah, last sad. year, yeah, two years ago. Sad. I sang this at karaoke a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I got very drunk and I was like, let's sing Despacito. And then it was... Uh, you're my did, hero. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> did you do the Justin Bieber version? Yeah. Well, that was the only one they had. I refused to sing the Justin Bieber part. I was like, I don't even know this one. I'm not even singing this stupid part. <laughs> I'm just imagining you up there, like getting through the first verse and then just being like, you know, this is the part where Justin Bieber comes on, but fuck that guy. And yeah. time to drink. Well, the reason that I, I really hate his version. So around the time that this was the song of the summer, footage came out from like a small event that Justin Bieber was doing. It was like a small show and he did this song, but he clearly forgot the lyrics, like the Spanish lyrics. And so he literally just started going like, 
oh, I don't know this song. Burrito, burrito, taco, taco. Like it was so. Oh my god. Yeah, it was. I was like, God damn it, you're an asshole. Canada can yeah. have you back. <laughs> <laughs> my song I love, I hate to love, is "She's Kind of Hot" by Five Seconds of Summer. She's kind of hot though. Yeah, she's kind of hot though. Da 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 da. It's just a really catchy song, and I like Five Seconds of Summer. I've been following these <laughs> teens for a couple of years. It's a little sexist, though, so sorry. Well, I hate to break it to you, but a lot of music is a little sexist. Oh, whew, thank gosh. Um, mine is Never Be the Same by Camila Cabello, and I don't even know really why I still listen to the song from time to time because I don't like half of it. Really, I'm just here for the pre-chorus and the chorus. But my biggest problem with it is, and I don't know who told her to do this because it probably just wasn't her. In the beginning of the song, she tries to rhyme heroin with nicotine and morphine. So it comes out sounding like nicotine, heroin, morphine. Uh, Why? (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It just completely, like, songs don't always have to rhyme. It just felt so forced. I don't know why they did that. It really bothers me more than it should. Right. Like I said, the pre-chorus and the chorus, fire. I'm there for that. It's all about that chorus. Sort of like... I saw you rape... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say kind of like, I don't know, this is just a random category that occurred to me because we were talking about, like, oh, this song's a little sexist. What song did you really like when you were younger that when you hear now you're like, uh, this like if you were huh. to if you were to evaluate this song based on 2019 standards, it's I'm very on fire. different. Yeah. By who? <laughs> Not but the Bruce one? Hey little girl, is your daddy home? Hey little girl, is your daddy home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also think about um there's like a couple of beatles songs and i like the beatles and i still like i still find them super listenable and everything and it's it's not me being like oh my god i'm gonna evaluate a song that was written in like the 60s by 2019 standards but listening to lyrics like if i catch you with another man that's the end little girl and he's like (laughs) in the whole song Talking about like you better run for your life if you can, little girl. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you're like <laughs> it sounds so funny as a spoken yeah. word piece. Oh man, we could do that as like a spoken, like spoken word. Yeah. Everybody um, snapping a in the little background. Bit more recent. Um, and it's I, I don't know if it's like I think it's just like hypersexual and I didn't realize it at the time, but uh Sublime's caress me down. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's a dirty, dirty song. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, Bill Maher, on his newest episode last night, he had a great spiel on this. Things just change over time. Things that yeah. are okay back then are not okay now. And he was saying this in the context of Joe Biden. You know, things that he did 30, 40 years ago are, you know, were okay back then. So why are we harping on him for those when people evolve over time. Although I will say Joe Biden kind of shot himself in the foot <laughs> this week with oh, with the with his yeah. whole 
poor kids can be just as smart as white kids. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, Joe, just stop. Maybe maybe yeah. this is your signal. This isn't your <laughs> this isn't your time. Uh, I don't think it's going to change anything, but I yeah. know. Of course, his campaign said, oh, he misspoke. He didn't. He didn't mean that. Next category. What fast food would you recommend? I'll start. This goes to my California theme, In-N-Out. And I know people rave about In-N-Out all the time, but I was thinking, why Why should I truly recommend In-N-Out? First of all, it is truly fresh food. Also, the culture of In-N-Out, it just, it just reeks California <laughs> when you go there and you see it. <laughs> And you go in. It's just got this great California vibe. Every single restaurant is exactly the same inside, by the way. Um, the employees are super friendly. And and related to that, the consistency. You get the same excellent in and out experience no matter where you go. I've said this about Chick-fil-A, too. Sometimes when you go to a McDonald's or a Starbucks or a Taco Bell or one of these other fast food joints, the service freaking sucks. At in and out you always get great service. You're always going to get the meal that you expect. Everything's going to be done right the first time. It's just fantastic. Oh, and they they pay their employees very well. And how can you not go to the West Coast and not get in and out? It's a specialty over there. I said Del Taco. Um, I know I've talked about this on the show before. And Andrew, you were envious. Del Taco yep. is just like, it is probably the best, like, fast food burritos tacos that you can get um because i feel like when i go to taco bell it always sounds so good and then i'm a little bit underwhelmed because what i get is just like a greasy mess of like cheese and sauce and del taco is like jam-packed with ingredients it's all made to order so your stuff hasn't just been like sitting out for hours and hours and hours before you showed up and ordered it um, and they also have Beyond Burritos and Beyond Tacos at this point. So they've got like oh. the vegetarian friendly meat crumbles and they're so good. Also in their burrito, they have one burrito that they put French fries in <laughs> and it's so Ooh. good. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of them. They also have really good fish tacos and it's like relatively affordable as well. So you can roll up to a Del Taco and get like a party pack and a bunch of assorted items to take to a gathering and mm. maybe spend 30 bucks. Del Taco is rare if you live on the northeastern seaboard or here in the Midwest. They just don't exist, mm -hmm. but down south and wet, the west coast is where I've had Del Taco. And I kind of got a similar vibe that you did, Laura. They are definitely a step up above Taco Bell. My very first impression, I could still remember when I first moved out to California, went to Del Taco. I was like, oh, this is a more authentic Mexican fast food restaurant than Taco Bell is. The The ingredients really do taste better. There's a noticeable yeah. difference. I mean, I don't know that I would call it. I don't know that I would call any fast food Mexican authentic Mexican food, but <laughs> well, um, but I mean, uh, it's definitely like just overall a more enjoyable eating experience. Mm. Also, really good drunk food. Um, for, oh, yes. for this bachelorette party I'm going to tonight, I'm actually going to go to Del Taco and just buy like a couple of party packs and just bring them. I love anyone who thinks like that. Mm -hmm. One time my friend catered Chick-fil-A for his birthday party. I was like, Ooh, oh, my God, this is the best thing. 
<laughs> By the way, Laura, Pat and I got pretty drunk last night, and um, he was asking when you and Mark are going to come visit again. Oh. And I said, well, why don't we visit them first? Oh, yay. Yeah, come down. And he was like, yeah, but when are they coming back to us? I'm like, what? <laughs> what? No, I mean, y'all have to come here. Pat needs to yeah. have the Claremont Lounge experience before I'll come back to Chicago. And th- that, Del Taco, go to the original Chick-fil-A. I know it's pissing people off how much I'm bringing up Chick-fil-A because they hate gay people. And Yeah. Well, we have a... We have a to- we have a topic for that, right? Later on, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I mean, mine is also in and out because how can you not? But I will say, on top of the quality of food, it's also really affordable. I know there's a big turf war between In and Out and Shake Shack, but we actually now have a Shake Shack in my area, and it's so much more expensive than I remember it being when I was out in New mm. York. It's like ridiculous how much it costs to eat there and yeah. with in and out you can eat for like well under ten dollars oh yeah and be satisfied and that's really great for like quality and like level of satisfaction i think price point is the big one speaking of that i'll give everybody a sidebar tip if you go to vegas if you eat on the strip the prices are ridiculous however an in and out opened on the vegas strip about a year ago, the prices are normal in and out prices. It is the cheapest place on the strip you can get a very fine quality burger. I was so pleasantly surprised that in and out wasn't jacking their prices up on the strip. Because you know how to, you like you go into like a hotel Starbucks or something on the strip or at Disney or some other very touristy area. The prices are jacked up. You're like, holy crap, I've never paid so much for a coffee. In and out? Nope. Yeah, well, that was smart of them. Right, because I bet they're also the one one of the busiest places on the strip for that reason. Hell yeah, hell yeah! All right, keeping with this food theme, pizza. We're gonna recommend pizza now, but this is gonna be a two parter. First of all, favorite chain pizza place, and then in your city, Laura, what's yours? Um, so for, if I have to go with a chain, I'm always gonna go with Domino's. Um, I feel like consistently, no matter where I am in the country, I can get like (laughs) a decent pizza from Domino's, right? Like I know what I'm getting. I know what to expect. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they have that nice little delivery tracker. Um, So yeah, into them as a chain uh, will like avoid ordering from Papa John's like like I avoid that like a plague. Um just because of, you know, the racism, but also their pizza is just right. not that great. Um but in well, the their tagline too, better ingredients, better racism, yeah. Papa John's. Yeah. I just don't like it. it. Doesn't sit well. Um but in Metro Atlanta, there is this pizza place that we are obsessed with. It's actually slightly outside the Atlanta perimeter in Marietta. It's called Baby Tommy's. This place is a genuine New York pizzeria. The owner is from the city. And he actually imports New York City tap water (laughs) to make his dough. And it is it really does make a difference. But they also do like all of these different specialty pizzas. Like they have an eggplant parm pizza that is literally just like pizza ingredients and then not like random little chunks of eggplant. It is like straight up a piece of eggplant parm. 
on each slice of pizza. And they just have all kinds of like unique um, styles like that. And the pizza is just good. It's it's the best pizza I've had since I left New York. Wow. Yeah. High praise. Mm-hmm. So my favorite chain is Round Table. And I believe that it's a West Coast thing, but it's still a chain. So I'm going to go with it. Um, it is a little bit more expensive than a Domino's or a Pizza Hut, but the quality is there. And that's the most important part to me. It's just really good. And the pizza of my childhood. And then for a local place. Huh? I've had them before. I agree. They're very good. Yeah. Um, And then for a local place, um, just unique to San Francisco, I would recommend Golden Boy, which is out in the North Beach neighborhood. It's a hole in the wall. Like I'm talking a dive. So don't expect to like you know, actually go there to sit and eat. But if you're just looking for a slice of pizza that you can pick up, which is fine by me, 10 out of 10 would recommend everything I've had there is really good. If you're a little bit more adventurous, I would recommend the garlic and clam, very traditional Sicilian square slices. Uh, Oh, and it's cash only. So just keep that in mind. But Mm -hmm. yeah, all the slices are like four bucks and Mm -hmm. well worth it. So I'm with you, Laura. Domino's, specifically the handmade pan pizza that they do. That's one of their newer pizzas. And by mm-hmm. new, I mean it's like five, six years old at this point. But it's noticeably better than their standard pizza. It's so freaking good. It just melts in your mouth. But then local, of course, Chicago is well known for its deep dish pizza. And the big ones are Giordano's, which is a chain, and Lou, Mal- Lou Malnati's, which is also a chain. But then there's a hole-in-the-wall place that is not a chain. It's called Pequod's. And... I want to say it's like River North area, North Loop area of Chicago. It is kind of divey, but most people will tell you it is one of the best pizza places in the city. It is deep dish. They have great appetizers. Um, kind of a rundown place, but you know you're getting amazing food. So mm-hmm. if you ever come here, go to Pequod's. It's going to be, it's going to be the, the locals pizza place, to put it that way. What was that chain you mentioned? Lou Malnati's? Yeah. Yeah. We had that when we were up there on our last night. We had uh-huh. an early flight the next morning. So we just decided like we were going to turn in early, finish up Haunting of Hill House and order in some deep dish pizza. And oh my God, that is like three meals. <laughs> it is It is <laughs> yeah. a lot of food, but it was so uh, good. Yeah. Between Giordano's and Lou Malnati's, I prefer Lou Malnati's. They have a... You can upgrade. I don't know why they make this an upgrade. It should just be standard. If you pay an extra 75 cents, you get the butter crust. And the butter crust is so much better. That should just be the default. Mm, I'll have to try yeah. that next time when we come up. <laughs> yeah. Since Pat is decreeing that we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, these pizza places, you can order... And have it delivered, like through the mail, frozen. So you could order from anywhere in the country. That's interesting. I know when, so I lived in Chicago for like six months when I was a kid. And when we lived there, we really liked Connie's Pizza. I don't know if they still exist. Hmm. Um, I've heard of that. But they they actually would like do a half-bake on pizzas that you could then just like take home and throw in the oven to finish. Okay. So that was cool. You could literally just show up and like pick up a half bake and take it home. And those were really good. Now, let's get off food. (laughs) (laughs) 
Good thing I ate beforehand. Otherwise, I. This I mean, I think me. we like I, at least I have a couple of food recommendations later. I love food. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We do. We yeah. We're just kind of scattering them throughout. We'll get off food for a minute. Let's recommend a kill some time app. So not Twitter, Instagram, social media. I'm talking about. Oh my God, Laura! Please marry me with this recommendation. <laughs> I was actually thinking of doing the same thing, but I was like, oh, my God, I would be so boring. <laughs> it's fun. <sighs> okay. Let's start with Laura's. Laura, what is your favorite Kill Some Time app? Redfin. Um, yes. It's it's basically, it's it's just like another version of Zillow where you can look at places that are for sale. I just like it because I like to fantasize about being rich enough <laughs> to afford too. some of these places. <laughs> It's like house hunters on your phone. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like, I'll, cause like, we're gonna eventually end up moving out of here into something a little bigger. And we just sort of like have this ongoing, like, very casual conversation about what we'd be interested in. So, like, I'll see something on Redfin and I'll send it to Mark and be like, hmm, it's, <laughs> it's a little outside our price range, but. <laughs> right. Sometimes I'll just go into different cities too and just look around yeah and my favorite part of the redfin app actually is you can easily see the latest homes uh there's a new homes button at the bottom it's almost like a social media feed because you just get the latest but it has some algorithm going on where it remembers all the places that you look so it's actually a mashup of all the cities you've looked in so like i get chicago and nashville and uh, the California desert. I just see the, all these locations that I would like to live in one day. <laughs> yeah, I like the filters you can set up too. Because uh-huh. like anytime I get a push notification from Redfin, I know that I can count on it being something that actually meets what I'm looking for and not something that's like totally out of left field. Right. Like You can pop in what other, whatever keywords you want. Yeah, and I, I just think like, I think Redfin is better about this than Zillow is. And also Redfin's pricing points, I've just found to be more accurate Mm. than Zillow's. Like Zillow has, like if I look at my place on Zillow and it says like Zillow's like estimated sale price, I like start laughing because it's just ridiculously like way too high. But then Mm -hmm. I look at Redfin and I'm like, no, I've I've seen what places around me are selling for and this seems more... (laughs) in line with that but then zillow's like yeah your place is worth like 250k and i'm like no it's not (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is not my kill some time app is roller coaster tycoon classic i don't know if any of you used to play roller coaster tycoon as as a kid i didn't actually i missed the boat on that one Mm. same how about you pam Mm -mm. okay so it's a roller it's a theme park simulator where you get to build your own theme park. I used to love this. I still do because I'm a theme park junkie. But the graphics in the original Roller Coaster Tycoon were iconic. And it, I, the game was just amazing. There were two and they were so much fun with a couple of expansion packs. So a couple of years ago, they ported the original game to the iPhone. And I was so freaking excited. I actually usually play it on a plane. My nose is congested. It's making it hard to talk. I usually play it on a plane because that's where I'm actually trying to kill some time during the day and don't have access to the internet. Um, But it is just so much fun. And it actually works pretty well on a phone. 
despite the fact that you don't have a keyboard or mouse. So try Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. It is it is really great, especially if you played it as a kid. You will love this mobile version. Um, I also have a game. It's called Wordscapes. I really tend to gravitate towards puzzle games if I'm going to play anything. Um, I'm a big fan of the crossword puzzle, but that costs money if you want to do the New York Times one. But uh, Wordscapes is free and it's like a cross between crosswording and also word searching. They just give you a bunch of letters and then a grid and you just have to come up with all of the combinations possible to complete the grid. So that's mine. Do you guys play games much on your phone? No, you actually really shot me in the foot with this no social media (laughs) app (laughs) requirement. Yeah. I, I've been playing Wizards Unite a lot more lately, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to put that on here because I'm not super invested in it. It's yeah. just like a, it is a kill some time app, but like, I don't know that I get as much enjoyment out of it as I get out of Redfin. <laughs> I'm <laughs> right, like, right. Being like, <laughs> look at these homes I can't afford. <laughs> right. I- I've been playing Wizards Unite too, but that's, that's about it. That's the only game I play. Let's recommend an upcoming TV show. And this was inspired by the news this week that Ryan Murphy, I guess, is the one who's behind this. The, the, the next American Crime Story anthology is going to be the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And notably, Monica Lewinsky is producing it. So that's super cool. Yeah. Good for her. Pam, what is yours? I, I actually, this was going to be my pick as well. Uh, okay, well, because my my real answer, honestly, is a little untraditional. I'm really excited for Shane Dawson's Ugly Side of the Beauty World community series that's going to be airing on YouTube sometime this fall. Um, he's been killing it with these long form videos and doing some very interesting, low key investigative journalism into these subcultures online. And I've really enjoyed the past few that he's done. Um, this one is centered on the cosmetic industry, not just online, but also in in terms of like the broad sense of what goes on behind the scenes. Um, in terms of like making music, uh, music, my brain is clearly one track minded making makeup. Um, so yeah, he's been teasing this for quite a few months. And he's been filming for a while. And that's coming out in the fall, kind of just like a traditional television show. So I think that that's really cool. Um, but then for my more traditional pick, it's got to be His Dark Materials, which is coming out on HBO. I was obsessed with these Philip Pullman books when I was younger. And I am thinking about actually doing a reread. The trailer looks really great. The cast is amazing. Um it's it's kind of like, I think, the adaptation that everybody always wanted. Obviously, uh, Golden Compass was adopted for the big screen quite a few years ago. That didn't really do very well. And I think it's really cool that they're actually going to be able to bring this trilogy to life um, in the form of a TV show, because there's definitely enough detail in the source material to make this work. And I'm so excited to tune in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, too, because I felt like... The Golden Compass, as a movie, it really shied away from a lot of the darker themes Mm. of those books. And I'm so excited to see it done well. Yeah. Um, I was also a big fan of these books. And something that I found so interesting about them was like, they were kind of like concurrent with Harry Mm -hmm. Potter. But Harry Potter was the one that sort of got all the spotlight. But there are a lot of similarities in terms of story arcs happening. So I think anybody who's a fan of Potter who hasn't read his dark materials would really like it. 
So I true. think the reason I'm really excited for this is there's a lot of I think there's a there's a gap to fill right now. A really good book to TV slash movie adaptation. People are yearning for one, and of course, His Dark Materials, the series, is extremely popular. And the fact that HBO and BBC are working on it together, I, I think this is going to be a really high quality series. This isn't going to be some cheap adaptation. And I think a lot of young adults, just like us, are going to be very interested in seeing what they do with the source material. I'm, I'm excited. I really, I really hope it's. I know it won't be as popular as like Game of Thrones, but I really hope that it has a big audience and. We're talking about it every week online. Maybe I'm just being hopeful because of running hypeable. I don't know. <laughs> um, my recommendation here, or what I'm excited for, is uh, the upcoming Selena series for Netflix. Um, it's going to be hitting next year, I think. And as somebody who grew up in Texas, like you're pretty inundated by Selena and her music. And I still just like love and just adore her music to this day. Um, And the story, like her story is a very interesting one, also a very tragic one. Um, And I'm really excited to see how they adapt it for the Mm. series. I'm also really excited for this. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought it up. (laughs) Pam, so like the reason I found out about this was I wanted to watch the movie, the J-Lo movie. And... I was seeing like, oh, does Netflix have Selena? And I looked it up and they didn't have it. But then I saw that it was like Selena, La Serie. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I like selected it and there was nothing there, but it was like coming in 2020. And I was like, holy uh, shit. <laughs> so pretty stoked about that one. Favorite grocery store bought coffee. I was trying to think of a category that would be accessible to everybody and something that you know, people learn something from. So if you go to, into a grocery store and you want a type of coffee grounds, what do you get that might be a little untraditional? For me, Cafe Busuelo. And full disclosure, I have, haven't actually bought it in a while because now I'm buying my coffee from Costco and they don't have it there. But um, this is a really smooth espresso coffee and it's also really cheap. Laura, you like this one too, right? Yeah, I plus one that one. If I'm like when we were just traveling in Pensacola, our Airbnb didn't have a coffee maker. It only had a fucking Keurig. I hate <laughs> those things. Um, so I was like, oh, crap. So we went out and got coffee and we got the Bustelo um, mm. Keurig things, even though they're fucking horrible for the environment. Bad for the environment. And also, it's just not strong coffee. No, it's not. And to be honest with you, I always feel like it tastes kind of chemically like no matter what brand you get it's just like you're pushing hot water through plastic and i'm drinking that that cannot be good for me (laughs) um (laughs) yeah i see what you're saying but yeah if if i'm like on the go if i'm traveling i always know this is a safe choice kind of like Domino's. (laughs) like I know what to expect here. Mine is Pete's Major Dickinson Blend. It's a dark roast, I believe, and it's just got a really good body to it. It is just a really nice cup of coffee, especially if you like stronger tasting coffee. And what I like about it is that it really is 
good no matter what brew method you use to make your coffee. Uh So it works really well in a French press, but you can also make like a full pot of it, which is really nice if you have guests over. It's great as a pour over. It works really well in the mocha pot that Laura got me for Christmas. (laughs) So that's a plus. And yeah, it's just like so good. Um, I am a big fan of Pete's. That's like my favorite chain. And it's really great that it's available at grocery stores too. So I can pick it up if I want to make my own. You're cup. loyal to Pete's more than anything else in the world, I think. <laughs> I Aren't just you? know what I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also, this is like a separate coffee recommendation, but um, Mark's mom had some friends visit from Jamaica a few weeks ago and they just like brought a whole bunch of stuff and she gave me at this bag of it's called blue mountain coffee from jamaica and it is Mm. really good Mm. (laughs) like i'm drinking it right now and kind of like pam was saying it's just really smooth but it's got a it's very strong coffee Mm -hmm. um and i prefer strong coffee i get really frustrated if coffee tastes like watery um I get even more frustrated if I set the coffee maker to strong and the coffee still doesn't come out strong. So this stuff definitely does the trick. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like a lot of times when people say strong, if you're not like well-versed in coffee, it it could be a deterrent because for some people like strong might make them believe that it's got more caffeine and that's not really the case. Uh, Strong is really mostly... uh, like a taste preference so Mm -hmm. i'm glad that you pointed that out because that's important too so don't be deterred if like you know you hear somebody say oh it's like a good strong cup of coffee it doesn't mean that you're going to be more caffeinated you're just going to get a nicer flavor balance yeah Yeah. i think uh the caffeine industry prefers to use the word bold Mm. yeah yes in that yeah (laughs) isn't that starbucks doesn't starbucks do that the bold brew yeah Man, I their coffee, like again, it's like in a in a pinch, it's fine. But I feel like they burn their coffee. Yeah. Mm. I do like their um Christmas blend. Yes. Yeah. The holiday blend. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. And I and I do enjoy a lot of their like more they're not even really coffee drinks, like frappuccinos and stuff. I don't consider that coffee. <laughs> That's ice cream, right? Yeah. They're good. But like if I need when I wake up in the morning, I need like a hot cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Not like I don't like iced coffee in the morning. I will say that uh, honestly, like I think that the best thing Starbucks does consistently is the cold brew and not the nitro cold brew, but just like the regular cold brew. I think that flavor wise, that's really good. It's smooth enough to drink black. Um, but also pairs really well with, you know, not a lot of milk, but a splash mm. or an, a half an inch or an inch. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's really nice. So that's just good to know because you'll find a Starbucks everywhere you go. Um, but for a really long time, I struggled with, you know, buying coffee when I was traveling because um, Starbucks was is really like the only known option. Or it's like the the easy the most accessible, right? So yeah, highly recommend the the just like the straight cold brew from Starbucks though, that's pretty good. Next category, Laura, way to help you fall asleep. What do you recommend? Marijuana. 
I was like, in the notes, you have puff puff snooze. I'm like, I was literally just Googling it. Like, is this a product? <laughs> no. Well, it is a product. <laughs> um, no, I just, it, I find that it helps me like get into that sort of sleepy state where I'm ready to lay down and pass out. Yeah. Great. Pat does that too with his pen. Um, mine is a combination of Z-Quill, an oil diffuser with lavender, and a weighted blanket. <laughs> I love my weighted blanket so much. It makes me feel so cozy. Um, yeah, it's worth it, it's worth the money I, that I dropped for I, it. I tried one of these once. I didn't actually sleep with it, but when I was over at a friend's house, they had it and I tried it. It is nice. It really, I don't know. What, did it, what is it? It just makes you feel... Um, it's like cozier. Yeah, I think so. It just makes you feel, um, I guess more grounded. Like you don't toss and turn a lot. Um, a lot of people recommend it too for anxiety, which like, yeah, I could see. I think that it, it, it would help me more if I had gotten a heavier one. I got a little scared to get one that was too heavy. So I actually wish I had gone heavier. Mine's only 12 pounds, but I think that now that I'm used to it, I could definitely go up to like 20 and it would be really nice. Um, but yeah, it just makes me feel so cozy and secure and I love it. Yeah. I want to get one of these things and they really do work because there's a lot of science that shows that compression like that is actually a natural anxiety reducer. Mm -hmm. It's why they recommend things like, um, thunder shirts for dogs that are really anxious during thunderstorms and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, just because like sort of that like it's not like uncomfortably tight it's just the pressure yeah like the light pressure really does relieve stress and anxiety i'm also wondering if it it gives you the effect of somebody like cuddling with you but without their body heat which could be so 100 percent <laughs> yes and it's and great. of course and of course like if a human like if you're the little spoon and the big spoon is like like leaning too much up against you or something you really can't do anything like about that unless you want to be annoying but with this blanket you just kind of shift it you just get it just right oh yeah <laughs> and they're yeah, not breathing no. down your neck <laughs> definitely it's it's great for that too <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> my recommendation is actually listening to podcasts now of course this is ending now that pat lives with me because he goes to bed before i do so i don't want to start playing a podcast before i go to bed but prior to him living with me, um, I love listening to podcasts when I go to sleep at night. That just naturally helps me drift off. And sometimes with a podcasting app, I will set a timer so I don't miss much of the episode. But usually within 20, 30 minutes, I'm falling asleep. It just feels good to listen to voices. And yeah, I'm. it means I'm missing some of the show. But I, I usually listen to tech podcasts because those are the only thing only types of podcasts that I feel like I can relax with. It's it's not news stressing me out or, you know, I don't know, financial tips or life tips stressing me out. If I listened to this podcast, it would just stress me out. <laughs> <laughs> you should try the Sleep With Me podcast. Oh, I use that one. It's good. Yeah, it is really good. And you don't have to worry about missing anything because they don't really talk about anything that you would feel bad about missing. Okay. That's the whole point of it. It's like they just tell these sort of like nonsensical, almost dreamlike stories. Mm. And it's just sort of narrative format and you fall asleep at any point 
and you're you know you don't feel bad about missing yeah. half the episode. Also, he keeps the volume like the the level of voices too at the same level, which is really helpful mm-hmm. because the thing about um, audiobooks and also just like regular podcasts that sometimes throw me off um, if I'm trying to use them to help me fall asleep is that the you know people get excited so their voices change and he just keeps his very monotone and like rumbly throughout which is really helpful okay i'll have to check that out and actually related to this it's time now for a word from our next sponsor brooklinen ladies quick edition of the number how much of your life do you spend in bed i would say isn't it half 33 percent a third yeah laura's right one third that's a lot of time and shouldn't you take care of where you spend a huge amount of your time? That's where Brooklinen comes in. They are the place for sheets. We got a bigger bed once Pat moved in because otherwise with me, him, and Brooklyn on the queen, Brooklyn was pushing me off every night when he nuzzles up next to me. So I said, let's get a king bed. Got the room for it. And I always shop on Amazon for mattresses. I love the bed, bed-in-a-box mattresses. And like I brought up a couple weeks ago, Prime Day, there was a great deal for one of those. Um, but I knew I needed to get Brooklyn and sheets again. I had them for the queen. I could not downgrade to another set of sheets. I'm addicted to them after getting those queen sheets. I couldn't go somewhere else after enjoying Brooklinen so much. Brooklinen offers hotel quality sheets, but they've cut out the middleman to get you the best prices. They offer beautiful, airy linen pieces that give your bedroom a chic, relaxed feel while providing you with the ultimate comfort. They've got 12 beautiful linen colors and patterns to choose from. One of the cool things about Brooklinen is you get to make your own set of sheets. So we went for a dark gray comforter sheet and white bed sheets. The white pinstriped sheets give us the look that you'd see in a hotel. I like making my bed look like it's from a hotel. It makes it cozier, in my opinion. While the dark gray comforter sheets matches the color of our souls. And the dark blue accent wall in the bedroom. So it was just a nice combination. You got to try these sheets. They're unlike any you've had before. It's where you spend a third of your life. So make sure you're comfortable and cozy. It's in their name. So you know it's good. Brooke Linen's newest linen collection is amazing. I couldn't recommend their products more. For graduates, newlyweds, friends, or family, you're treating yourself to the bedroom upgrade that you deserve. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code M-I-L-L at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. That is so great. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code M-I-L-L at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N. En.com promo code M-I-L-L. Brooklyn, these are the best sheets ever. Thank you for giving me a good night's sleep. So my other recommendation to help fall asleep is grab some Brooklinen sheets. Okay, so you sleep, you wake up, you want to have some fun on a weekend. What do you recommend as a board or card game? Laura, what's yours? I recommend a game called Bang. It's a dice game. Um, and it's, it's just one of these games. It's like a really easy party game. It's super quick and easy for people to learn, even if they've never played it before. And the basic premise is that you have roles that are assigned randomly. So you have a sheriff, 
a deputy, outlaws, and a renegade. And everybody's roles are kept secret unless you're the sheriff. So the sheriff has to reveal themselves. And everybody has sort of these secret missions throughout the game. So if you're the deputy, you win the game by keeping the sheriff alive. If you're the renegade, you win the game by being the last man standing. If you're the outlaws, you win the game by killing the sheriff. And because you have to keep your role secret, you kind of have to go based off context clues of how other people are behaving to figure out like who the other people in the group are. So like if you're the outlaw and there's another outlaw playing with you, you have to kind of pay attention to figure out who your ally is so that you can team up and work together. Um, but it's it's just a really, really fun, easy game. It goes fast um, and it, it doesn't really get old. Mine is Loteria, which is the Mexican bingo card game. Um, it's just something that my family and I play during the holidays. And it's super fun because it's good for all ages. And we like to make it a bit interesting by playing for quarters. So like, you know, there's a little bit of gambling involved, which is really fun. But I just think it's just like a fun, easy game to play. It's it's not like traditional bingo where you're just looking to, you know, get like a line in. Usually we just play to to fill the whole card up. So it takes a little bit longer. Um, but also, even if you don't know Spanish, it's cool because you can learn a few words that you can pick up some um, some words while while you're learning to to play. So yeah, especially if you're looking to have like a themed party or like a themed brunch, highly recommend picking up a set. And they're pretty cheap too, if you buy them from um, Mexican markets and stuff, especially if you're in California. Mine is a card game called Joking Hazard. You make a comic strip out of a set of cards and then a player votes for the best one it's kind of like cards against humanity but visual and obviously you're making a comic it's also very very offensive and there are a bunch of expansion packs so it won't get old i discovered this earlier this year and it was so much fun it's so refreshing after only playing the cards against humanity version of this it's a lot more fun with pictures I just love board or card games in general. We played Harry Potter Clue with a couple of friends last weekend because it's so nice to get away from staring at the screen all the time and just have fun in the physical world. Did I bring that up on Millennial mm-hmm. last week? I feel you like did. I yeah, because we were talking about <laughs> the board game um, Haunting at House on the Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is another really good one. Yeah. I need to find two player games for me and Pat. Let's say we don't want to hang out with other people. We play chess sometimes. Uh, magic. Magic's too... Oh, but that's like super nerdy and complicated, isn't it? I mean, so we kind we picked up some starter packs. Like you can usually go to like your local um, like gaming store. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. usually like if you go to a comic book store that also specializes in games, you can usually get starter packs for free. I see. And... It's basically where you sit down and you just kind of like do practice walkthrough rounds to kind of get how it works. Mm-hmm. So I think my understanding, I'm still super basic at it, is that you just sort of build on that foundation as you go. But I've enjoyed the rounds that we've played. So okay. that might be something for you. Yeah. Just anything to spend less time staring at a screen. Ugh. Favorite guilty pleasure food. Pam cheese and i know that probably doesn't sound like a real guilty pleasure food but it is for me because i'm lactose intolerant (laughs) so you really (laughs) but i wish i could give it up i can have it in small doses but i can't yeah so you really have to decide when it's going to be worth it for you to have cheese (laughs) 
Yeah, like if somebody puts out a charcuterie board, that's it. It's got all like the fancy cheeses on there. And like I want to try all of them, but I have to pace myself because if not, I'm going to have a real problem on my hands. So I recommend chunky peanut butter. I just I'm addicted to this stuff. It's just like you, Pam, with cheese or maybe maybe you can attest to this. If I have cheese curds in the house or peanut butter in the house, I will find myself walking over to the kitchen like a zombie throughout the day and just spooning chunky peanut butter into my mouth. And it's just so bad that I I had to keep them out of the house because I I can't quit. I mean, this is like this is like a pretty relatively healthy guilty pleasure food you've brought up. Peanut butter? Like <laughs> There's so many worse things for you that you could be into, like my recommendation, which is Jenny's gooey <laughs> butter cake ice cream. That is truly a sinful what a, name what for a whatever name. Yeah. this is. Well, it's uh, ice cream, but it's um, it's literally like like cake flavored ice cream, but it has chunks of gooey butter cake in it. Wow! And if that shit is in my freezer. It is not going to last long because I'll I'll be like Andrew. I'll be like a zombie going over and be like, I'll just have a little like scoop of it. Um, thankfully, they only sell it in pints. Thank God. If they sold this in gallons, I would I would weigh 400 pounds. Um, but I'll eventually get to the point where I'm like, oh, it's just a pint. I'll just like just take it pint. out and have it throughout the day. We, we had dinner at a friend's house last week and they brought out a pint of Tillamook ice cream. I can't remember the flavor, but it was super unique. But we saw the side of it, the nutrition label, 1,200 calories in a pint. I was like, oh, my God. I've never seen that before. That's probably why they only brought out a pint. (laughs) Yeah. America. (laughs) Like, how much sugar and saturated fat can we squeeze into this pint? It's like when you go to the Cheesecake Factory. Their cheesecake is good, though. It is really good. But like even mm. their plates. Yeah. Oh, I hate how the restaurants now, they have to put the nutrition, the calorie counts on all their items. It just ruins it. <sighs> yeah. I feel so guilty because everyone, like you go to Applebee's or one of those types of restaurants, every meal is a thousand calories. I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah. There was actually a time where I could not eat out because it was just terrifying <laughs> to me. How much I could not control. One more food category here. And then I'll bring up food one more time in the next category. Uh, (laughs) Recommend a food item you can only get at a particular store. I'm going to say Trader Joe's reduced guilt guacamole. It is Greek yogurt based. So it's not traditional guacamole, but it is so good. I love combining it with pretzel crisps. I love putting it on a veggie burger. I love putting it on real burger or really any kind of sandwich. Um, it is just delightful. I've been having it for years. And Trader Joe's is one of those places that they have a lot of unique food items and it's nationwide. So that's why I'm recommending it. Um, For me, I, I feel like I'm recommending more of a place. So the Publix Bakery. Publix is a grocery store based in the Southeast United States. And it's just an amazing grocery store like it's kind of like the chick-fil-a in and out of grocery stores like consistently good service always clean always well stocked 
Like you can go there and you know where to find things really easily. Their employees are super helpful um, and well compensated. And their bakery is just fucking amazing. They have like all of these specialty items they make. So you can get like Heath Bar cookies that they make there in house and also like tiramisu cookies. (laughs) Mm. So if you're ever in like Georgia, Florida, go to Publix, go to the bakery. Also, pub subs. You can get subs made to order in the Publix deli, and they're just so freaking good. I keep hearing about these, and I feel like I just need to go mm-hmm. to the Southeast to it's, go on this sandwich journey. It's pretty amazing. I freaking love a good sandwich. Everybody says so. Pub subs. Pub subs. So pub subs, obviously, at Publix. Yeah. Yeah, Publix subs. Yeah. All right. When I go to Orlando, I'm going to take an Uber over to a Publix. <laughs> get one of you these. could get yourself. One of the ones that people love is they do a chicken tender sub mm. that people love. But like, honestly, I go there and I get veggie subs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just get it like loaded up with vegetables. But they have all these like really fresh condiments, fresh produce. Um, and they use, um, if you're a meat eater, they use boar's head. Mm-hmm deli meat which is all like really fresh and high quality so yeah i also have a uh recommendation from trader joe's you can only get this during the holidays though it's their peppermint pretzel slims i really like peppermint bark so this is right up my street (laughs) but even if you don't their regular pretzel slims which are dipped in um dark chocolate are pretty good too so and final category before we do some recommendation categories from listeners, places you go that are morally fucked up, but you can't quit. And this item was inspired by the news this week that the a chairman of the company that owns, that has an investment in SoulCycle and Equinox is holding a Trump fundraiser this weekend, I believe. This story went viral. Tons of people have been canceling their SoulCycle and Equinox subscriptions. These, by the way, are very expensive gyms and cycle classes. We're talking $42 or so just to cycle for an hour. I mean, I know there's a whole culture around cycling, but that's a ridiculous price. Go buy a bike and motivate yourself. Stop with this nonsense where you run out and you go to these soul cycles and then you're bragging oh i was at soul cycle and it's the same with same thing with equinox people love bragging that they go to equinox meanwhile you can go to planet fitness or anytime fitness or fill in the blank here fitness and get a membership for a fraction of the price that equinox is so yeah good idea to leave but what's taking you so long anyway uh, Laura, what place can't you quit, even though you know it's not right? Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And I feel I feel a deep sense of guilt. I will say I did not participate in Prime Day this year because of all the boycotts that were happening. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to give them any more money today. <laughs> but then when I really need something later, it does come in convenient. One of our listeners did point out to us when we were talking about Prime Day that they wanted us to let everybody know. And I th- I thought this went without saying, and we had spoken about it before, so we didn't. Amazon is very problematic. 
they basically don't pay taxes. They treat treat their workers very poorly. Very bad working conditions we hear time and time again. And of course, they're killing mom and pop shops, amongst other problems. So, yeah, it's it's just convenience is king. And Amazon is so damn convenient. You can find whatever you want. The prices are great. You get it really fast. And I also love seeing what other people think of a product. So you can make a wise choice before buying. What's also kind of scary about Amazon, too, is how it contributes to climate change. Because with all of the increased demand for like one and two day shipping, there are a lot more cargo jets in the air. Mm. And that is also a pretty major contributor. I mean, air travel in general is not great for the climate and for the planet. But um, we're seeing a lot more of it now because of the demand for quick shipping. Yeah. Pam, you have another big box. Yeah, mine is Walmart. And... I really usually go because um, I like their um, stocking and tight selection. Like that, that's probably barring sunglasses, a good pair of tights is my favorite accessory. But the thing is, is in people that wear tights will know this. They don't last very long because it's really easy to, you know, get a rip in them if you brush against something or even sometimes like if the toe's not reinforced, like... Um, it's really easy for them to rip um, at the toe as well. And it's something that I end up spending a lot of money on. So even if I buy, you know, more expensive tights too, like I have yet to find a pair of tights that um, doesn't really, um, you know, that I can have for years before it rips because I just wear them a lot. Um, so yeah, I go to Walmart to buy them there because why am I going to spend $20 on a pair of tights that isn't going to last me more than a few months when I could just go to Walmart and spend, you know, like three or $5 yeah. on a pair that can then last me a few months. But then while I'm there, of course, like, you know, I go, oh, like maybe I need some toothpaste. So I end up buying more than, than I, than I ended up walking in there for. But yeah, I know that people have strong feelings about Walmart. My family used to be yeah. a Walmart family. Then Target came along and. Now we're loyal to Target. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I don't like the tight selection at Target. This is Mm, like my problem. (laughs) Yeah, and also Target, like, I don't know. I feel like Target gets kind of a pass from a lot of people because it's not Walmart. But (laughs) it's still a big box store. It's still, Mm -hmm. it participates in all of the same problematic practices. That said, not as many of Target's employees are on food stamp programs because Target doesn't uh, try to avoid allowing people to like buy into insurance as much as Walmart does. But it's still problematic. All of these big box stores are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when they come I, into a neighborhood, there's a major concern. My mm-hmm. my neighborhood recently opened up a, a city target. It's like a mini target. But there mm-hmm. was a lot of concern that it would affect the smaller businesses around here. And they're probably right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In contrast, San Francisco has blocked Walmart from coming in and they don't have any problems with Target. But Laura's right. It, it, it is kind of like plucked from the same fruit plucked from the same tree. So, yeah, I the thing I will say, though, is Walmart like. I feel sad <laughs> when I walk into Walmart. It's just anytime I walk in there, nobody looks happy. <laughs> It just seems like misery. And I hate when I have to go there. Like the other day, we needed a new trash can. And I was going out and I was just going to grab some groceries. And Mark was like, oh, maybe you should just go to Walmart because we need a new trash can. 
and it's like 8 p.m. on a weeknight. Like, am I really going to go all the way to Costco to avoid going two minutes up the road to Walmart? No. No. But at the same time, I like went in and it's just like every annoying social behavior that you can imagine. I felt like I encountered in Walmart that night. And Mm. I was just like, God damn it, guys. Like, (sighs) I've been in a Walmart for so long. I don't even have any near me. And I just only see targets. Very blessed in that way. All right, and then mine is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> I, I, I've grown up on Chick-fil-A. I freaking love that damn chicken sandwich. I can never quit it. You get that great consistency like you do it in and out. You're always going to get the same excellent customer service, excellent food. Yes, there are lots of problems with Chick-fil-A. They make very bad... Uh, they donate to the wrong places. They've donated to countless anti-LGBT organizations, and that is not right, and I don't support that at all. However... They are growing like crazy. They are now the third biggest fast food chain in America behind McDonald's and Starbucks. The gays have tried to protest. It hasn't worked. (laughs) Me spending $10 a month at Chick-fil-A is going to make no fucking difference. So I'm going to still eat a Chick-fil-A and I'm going to still recommend Chick-fil-A, even though I feel a little guilty about it. Hopefully times will change. And uh, they will stop making those donations. But you know, if if I went to a Chick-fil-A that I knew, if there was a Chick-fil-A nearby that I knew the owners of that specific Chick-fil-A were anti-LGBT, then yes, I would not go there. But that's really only in the South. <laughs> not up here. Not in LA. So I'm still enjoying their chicken. Sorry. How dare you, Andrew? Well, I should I feel you guilty? Just, I mean, I should, right? Because I get a lot of shit just, for it. You just lost the woke Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I do get shit from people from time to time, though. I'm like, mind your own fucking business. Should I go and vet what you, where you spend your money every day? I mean, there it is impossible, literally impossible, to not spend your money somewhere who where uh there are owners who don't like gay people or who maybe don't believe in climate change or maybe who support trump it's just you can go buy a banana and yeah maybe chiquita has you know positive views towards lgbt people but what about an investor in those bananas you know it's just there's there's some there's somebody somewhere in the company high up who doesn't agree with you and who doesn't align with your values that's just how we live. That's just how it is. So get over yourselves. Yeah, I agree. I think that I feel like and this is kind of like a rant that I have about like life right now. I feel like there is so much performance activism happening wherein people are desperately trying to show how woke they are by tearing other people down and like calling them out (laughs) for the things that they participate in that, you know, it's, there's no denying that spending money at these places does put money in the pockets of people that have like aberrant views. There's no denying that. But like Andrew pointed out, if you really go and start tracing your dollars and cents and how you're spending them, even if you're like 
spending with your best intentions, some of that money is inadvertently going to people with views who you might not support. And I just feel like when it comes to choosing where to spend your money, that's a really personal choice. And I don't feel comfortable shaming people for what they like and where they choose to spend their money. Yeah. If it makes Um, them happy. Because my thing is like, I can control where I spend my money, right? Right. Like, I do actively try to avoid Walmart. Mm -hmm. But there are some times where it is the only option. Right. Right. And I have to spend money there in those cases. So mm-hmm. I just try to be understanding and human about it rather than just writing an entire like human person off because, oh my God, you spent money at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Oh, I got attacked on my private Twitter account from somebody I know. Like, mind your Ugh. fucking business. Go get yeah. a life. Jeff, this who is used part to of run HPA and A. I mean, this is part of the reason why people are so volatile nowadays, too. You know, it's like when you start attacking people for like where they go to get fast food, like it's no wonder we have such a like not to say that it's the only contributor. Certainly, I think Trump is like a way worse offender here, but right, it doesn't help. All right, we have some recommendation categories from our listeners, but first... Uh, We did want to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors, FabFitFun. The 2019 FabFitFun Fall Box is now on pre-sale. FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and tech products sent straight to your doorstep each season. I always love getting my box and being surprised by all the new products they've sent me. It's kind of like Christmas year-round. Each box is customized to your specific interests, and FabFitFun delivers the seasonal must-haves you need. The fall box is a perfect way to treat yourself or others and get yourself ready for autumn with FabFitFun's carefully curated box of products. This box has everything you need for your best fall yet. Save money on quality full-size products today because these deals do not last long. I've been getting seasonal FabFitFun boxes for the last year or so, and it's always such a nice treat to see it waiting for me on my doorstep. And since they send full-size products, the stuff they send has lasted me a long time. In the past, I've loved the Quai Leave-In Conditioner, Levito Mandarin Orange Body Lotion, and the Venus Williams Jump Rope, and still use all of these things most days. I can't live without my Quai Leave-In Conditioner since I wash my hair pretty infrequently because of the color. This stuff is a lifesaver for keeping my hair soft and smelling really good. And the FabFitFun membership also goes beyond the box itself. You can purchase add-ons and you'll have access to FabFitFun TV videos and the FabFitFun community forum. Like I said, receiving this box feels like an early Christmas. The boxes are colorful and come with magazine inserts to tell you about all the products you're receiving. And it's always such a good mix of health, beauty, and life products. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Use coupon code MILL for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. That's FabFitFun.com and enter coupon code MILL for $10 off your first box. Give yourself the gift of a life well-lived. Head over to FabFitFun and enter coupon code M-I-L-L for $10 off today. 
All right. Time now for a couple of recommendation categories from our listeners. Listeners, you came up with some great ones over at patreon.com slash millennial. And we'll get to all of these in the weeks ahead. We got a lot of them. So we'll we'll spread out the wealth. This first one is from Amy. She says, how about organization tools, digital or otherwise? One of my big goals this school year, I'm a teacher, is better organization and planning skills, but I need help. So I've recommended this product before. I'll do it again because I'm still loving it. When it comes to organization, I don't like digital tools specifically for weekly planning or like a to-do list because the digital is the digitalness of it gets stale to me. Like if I set a weekly reminder in a reminders app, it it just it just appears every week and it doesn't it doesn't feel real. It it feels stagnant, it feels stale. And it doesn't motivate me. I like the old-fashioned way, writing it down. And this company, Knock Knock, makes a ton of great products. I discovered them on Amazon, but I actually recently saw that Barnes & Noble has a bunch of their products. And if you go into those like quirky gift shops, you'll sometimes see them there too. I love their This Week notepad. And it's got six boxes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and next week. And in each box, you can write down seven items. There's a little checkbox next to each one. I I write down my tasks for the week, each week. And I love not only writing it down, but also scratching it out. It feels good (laughs) to knock it off the list. Mm -hmm. And I also like this because it it only has seven items per day. So you don't feel like you have to load it up with a ton of shit. And I also like these because let's say it's five o'clock on a Tuesday. Something Something comes up in my head. Oh, fuck. I forgot to do this. Well, like with most things in life, it can wait another day. It, it You don't have to actually rush to get it done. So I'll walk over to my notepad at 5 p.m. I'll write it down for the next day. And then I'm not stressing about it anymore because I know I'm not going to forget about it. I'm going to come back to my notepad the next day and I'm going to see it there waiting for me. So I, I love this. It's It's called this. The one I specifically use is this week. But they have a ton of different options, and you could probably find one that works for you. For me, I kind of do a mixture of digital and like physical organization tools. Um, I definitely make a lot of use out of my calendar um, just through Google, which is really helpful because it gives me notifications like 10 minutes before I have to be somewhere. Yeah. But when I'm going throughout my day and having to just like, handle random tasks that come up throughout the day. I'm really a fan of a post-it note system. So if something comes up that I need to handle before the day's end, I jot it on a post-it note and then I take it out and stick it on my monitor. So it's right Mm. there in front of me. And I'll just like have this like growing list of post-it notes on the monitor that need to be handled by the time the day is out. And as I accomplish each one of those things, I remove the post-it note, tear it up, throw it in the garbage. So I get that same kind of satisfaction of like, oh, checked this off my list. Yeah. This is out of the way. I also really love the physical planners. Um, I am using the Erin Condren Life Planner right now. It's a little bit more pricey, but I have just 
learned over the years that if I don't really love a planner layout, then I won't use it. So it would be a waste of money. It's better to just spend a little bit more on something that I know I'll get a lot of use out of. Um, So yeah, that's what works for me. I really like it because it's fairly customizable. So um, if you like um, your weekly layout with just, you know, a big chunk of space for each day of the week, they have an option for that too. I really like the vertical weekly layout because I can actually categorize what I need to do by times of the day. There's three little boxes going down for each day. Um, usually I just split those up between like the to-do tasks and then like my work box. And then at the bottom, because, you know, um, I work in entertainment news, I, save that for things that I either want to listen to, read up more about, or I want to make sure I remember to watch on TV. So that's really helpful too. You also get your full um, calendar layout for each month at the beginning of every month. And then also at the end of each month, you have a lined sheet of paper so that you can just jot down notes. Um, I actually use that space for this podcast. Like if I have an idea that I want to remember to bring up for maybe like an AD segment, I'll just jot it down in there. Mm. And um, yeah, it's it's a really good size too. It's um, I think it's like seven inches by nine inches. So it's pretty portable, which is super helpful. Nice. And Ashley also said favorite productivity app. I don't really have anything to add there other than what I yeah. think it's kind of related. Same. My app is a notepad. Good old fashioned notepad. Chloe says, uh, can you recommend a budgeting tool? I don't really like Excel. So an app, maybe? There is, I don't use it, but there I, I used to use it. There's a site called mint.com, and you can hook up all of your bank accounts to it. Your bank accounts, your credit cards, your student loans, your car loan, etc. And you can see your net worth, which will probably be depressing if you put all your loans. <laughs> your loans in there Mm -hmm. but it also helps you budget because it'll break everything into categories so then you can see how much you're spending on food how much you're spending on utilities subscriptions etc so i would recommend mint i know that's been a really popular one yeah i use mint um if for no other reason than just a little bit of self-awareness because it'll tell me if i've gone over budget for a particular category Mm-hmm. And that's just a nice reminder for me to be like, okay, I should not eat out anymore this month. Yeah. Or like I shouldn't like, oh man, uh, I've spent way more this month on beauty products than I normally spend. So let me tone that down. Yeah. Um, I don't currently, but I also have used mint in the past. And it was really helpful, especially when I was at university. Um, it's really easy to buy multiple cups of coffee a day and that really put into perspective how much i was spending on stuff that i didn't need to spend money on so pam and i are both living on the edge right now it sounds like we're not actually using budgeting apps i just try to be aware of what yeah like i I will actually say to myself at the end of a day oh good job me i didn't spend money today i actually reflect Mm -hmm. on the day did i pull up my credit card at any point no i didn't oh great i i try to do that during the week for the most part i've been what has helped me a lot too because it is really easy to just swipe your card or use apple pay um i i've actually just been um pulling out money for the month oh that's a good idea yeah yeah, that that's really helpful because if i you know it it just kind of makes me stop and think about whether or not i want to spend that money if i want to save it Mm -hmm. and then obviously like i can either carry it over 
or I can just put it back if I don't use it. Um, I did that when I went to Portland uh, last month, and that was really helpful as far as budgeting. All right. And one more recommendation. We're going to end it on a weird note, weirdish. Carolyn says, what unusual pet would you want to have if money and care weren't an issue? What about a fictional creature? So it sounds like she, if money weren't, she says if money weren't an issue. So it sounds like she's talking like a big animal, <laughs> not not a turtle, not a hermit crab. What animal from the zoo would you <laughs> want to have? An elephant. <laughs> They're so sweet. Doesn't they sound like really a lot are. of maintenance. They're just gen- you said anything from the zoo. I was gonna say a fox, but foxes like you can find in the forest. So for me, it would have to be a red panda. Like, oh right. I've already established on the show how obsessed I am with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just imagine so the photo cute. shoots you and your red panda onesie, and then the red panda. Oh my god! And they're like they're so cute. They'll hang off of you. Like, they'll just dig their claws in and just, like, hang off of you. So it would be my red panda hanging on my red panda onesie. <laughs> <laughs> I would... <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but I would want an orca whale. <laughs> <laughs> and you were laughing at my elephant? Yeah, I know. Then I started opening my mind up. I used to be obsessed <laughs> with orca whales as a kid. Because of Free, free Willy. Willy. Yeah, Free Willy was my favorite movie. Yeah. And we went to SeaWorld when there was one in Ohio, of all places. It's now closed down. But yeah, I just love those animals. I had a I had a big orca whale stuffed animal, and I just loved it. They're just beautiful creatures. Of course, would I actually want to have one in captivity? No. <laughs> I've seen... What was that documentary? Blackfish. Blackfish, mm. yeah. Was, yeah, look at what happened to Tillicum. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't... I wouldn't. They drove him crazy. But it would be so cool to have a sea creature in my backyard, I guess. So orca whale is my choice. Thank you to everybody who submitted. We will use more of your recommendation categories in the weeks ahead. And that concludes our Recapalooza. Did we all learn something today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it. this was just a great topic. So happy because like when I woke up this morning, I was greeted by the news that uh jeffrey epstein oh, died yeah. by a parent by a parent suicide and i'm just like i don't want to talk about this yeah. it's been a really shit. heavy few weeks so this yeah. was really nice yeah yeah and the reason we did this was because it was kind of a tight turnaround after last week's episode so we wanted to do something a little more manageable in terms of planning but yeah how about that jeffrey epstein story i i woke up saw that push notification i was like what the fuck he was ju- he just tried to kill himself a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and he was on suicide watch. And, yeah. And then they took him off suicide watch. I just see I just saw from another push notification. Unbelievable. Anyway, coming yeah, up. Yeah, so now there are a lot of conspiracy theories going around Twitter and the internet. I love it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. Anyway, coming up in After Dark today, we're going to have another relaxed discussion about love languages. We took this quiz. Man, this quiz was hard. I didn't know what to put for some of these. Yeah. Um, what's great about this and, and kind of about the idea of love languages, it's very qualitative, right? So it's possible that you might sort of like bridge a couple of different love languages that you might sort of like go back and forth between. But ultimately, it's going to be interesting to talk about what our defaults are. Yeah. 
and how they impact all of our relationships, not just romantic ones. That's coming up today in After Dark. If you're listening to Mega Millennial, it's going to play right after the main show. If you don't yet, please become a patron. Patreon.com slash Millennial. We really appreciate your support. It keeps the show rocking and rolling. We're able to use your financial support to do things like getting new graphics made. We we have this new um, character <laughs> that I think we're going to try to introduce <laughs> in the weeks ahead. I don't know how. We have to talk about that. But it helps us. Let, we will. It, it lets us do stuff like that. So we really appreciate your support and helps us personally keep the show a priority in our lives. We can carve time out for it. So thank you so much. Your your support goes a long way and we greatly appreciate it. If you would like to follow us, we would also appreciate that. Username Millennial Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Especially give us a follow on Instagram. That's our newest social media channel. We'll tr- we're trying to build that up. You'll get previews of each episode and we post some other content across Instagram and other social media channels as well. And thank you to Jewel, as always, for your help there. That's where your Patreon support goes to as well. If you have any feedback about today's episode, millennialshow at gmail.com or go to millennialshow.com and click on contact at the top. And don't forget, we got that confessional form there if you would like to open up to us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. See ya.